0: Now, tuned in to the mother un-greatest. Uh, uh, hey, hey, hey.
1: Happy Thursday, y'all. What's going on? Hey, see? Hey, Lisa, girl, how you doing? First off, all I gotta say, Leesh, last show was off the chart, girl. Make sure y'all hit those archives <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely We had the best time last night We did, we did That show was so good guys It was over, way over For a of time So y'all know that there was a lot of talking A lot of vibing going on So check those archives Absolutely Yeah, check out our archives Here on blogstock.com Uncle check us out on any podcast app as well as I Absolutely, absolutely. We got a great show on tap tonight, Lee. You always come up with the greatest topic. Our topic tonight is play again, live a life to the fullest. Absolutely. Well, tonight's yes, guests we have um watching we're not gonna be able to have Raquel Williams. She has uh, a small emergency. She's not going to be able to come on the show, and so we will reschedule her. But we will, we um, but we will mm-hmm. have Seth Ronzi and we will have Swift Moon on on the show today. And I say it again, living life to the fullest because both uh, were incarcerated. At some mm-hmm. point in time, they got out and they they lived their whole second chance of life to the fullest. They're both mm-hmm. doing direct they're writing and they're just taking it to the to the back of, of their mm-hmm. visions, their passion and their dreams. Mhm. That's awesome. You know, and it's it's so important to have that 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 support system around them as well, you know, so they don't become another statistic a repeat statistic. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's you know, so many people so many people, um get out, they come back, and that's all part of the, how they want it to be, you know. They they really want right. them to come back. You know, got to keep that bad school. Right. That's so true. And it's hard. Once you've been behind the walls a certain amount of time, it's hard because the adjustment to today's crime is so different from when they went in, so it's it's like a whole new world, a whole new system, a whole new way of life. Right, and it, and life has changed, the world has changed. So to be able to come home and turn your life around into so many different things that you never even thought or envisioned that you would be able to do it's the is an awesome thing, and will always be celebrated. That's so true. That's so true. But you know, me and Alicia, we start getting into the show. We don't introduce the show, tell you guys what it is. It ain't like we don't see any new faces up in this audience. So we want to welcome everybody once again for joining Alicia Night tonight. On Let's Chat, but here on Let's Chat, we celebrate literature, Joe the royal Way, and not just Little we celebrate life in general, all aspects of life, right here in the chat room, we have a great time sharing it with you guys, and it allows everyone to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. So we, guys, we hope you guys are tuned in tonight, ready for a great show, another great show, here on Let's Chat with myself and the wonderful one and only Miss Absolutely, I'm here. I'm here in Michigan uh, in Detroit for the kick, for the hustle and grind. So I'm excited. It's about to go down towards are in the Detroit area. Make sure y'all come on through. It's going to be a great time in literature. Absolutely. And your girls are going to be out and about this summer. Lisa and I will be heading to Atlanta. We have a few events up in that area. We have the Atlanta African American American Network. That's such a, mouth, a big mouthful, Lisa. <laughs> but that's going to be going on in Atlanta along with the AAMBC Awards first weekend of June, I believe it's June 9th, the weekend of the ninth. so make sure you guys hit us up. It's going to be a slew of artists, readers, and just everyone associated with literature in the area, so make sure you guys hit us up, check out our site, follow our pages. We have all the information listed as well. Absolutely. That's the African-American Book Expo. Um, that is right. sponsored by Tony Paul and publishing, and then, of course, we have AANBC, which is uh, hosted by Samika Newhouse. I believe this is the 10th year for that one. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, her, uh-huh. her Her company is Delphine Publishing. So I'm excited because that weekend is going to truly a Black, Broderick weekend. If you are a reader, everybody needs to be there because it is going down hmm absolutely. With, with new artists, familiar artists, just come out and just grab some new books to read and put them into your library. Absolutely. So I'm excited. And then um, there is another event in Vegas um, sponsored by the fabulous Enjoy Enjoy the Cast of Publishing. Um, I'm going to post that information, but it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time in literature. Is going to get to the meat, potatoes, and down to the nitty gritty about the book and the business of books. Yes, books are a Mm -hmm. business. In the words of Keisha Bree, they are absolutely a business. Once you publish that book, you are a business. You are an author, your pen is a product. You know what I'm saying? So you have to learn Mm -hmm. to move in such a way. Like people say that uh, the industry is. that authors are a dying breed. No, they're not a dying breed. The industry isn't dying. The old way of publishing is dying. And they have to find okay. new ways to become more innovative in the world of publishing. And that's really what it is. And authors have to learn. they got to learn the business. If you learn the business, you'll be able to move around in this industry um, even with all the changes. But I think the lack of understanding, the lack of knowing what Mm-hmm. What the business is and how to move around it is the problem. Mhm, absolutely. And absolutely. it's also so important to have that that support system around you. But um, it's it's a lot going on, so make sure you guys check it out. In addition to that, mm-hmm. Go ahead, we got. And in addition to that, you girls are gonna be at the Essence in New Orleans. So come out and check that out. That's also hosted by the wonderful Miss Monique at Hall. Well. All right. right. Nobody finds it up like breathing money teams. We brush the We first you come on. We brush the We the like We first zip, We first you We first zip, We first to like a
0: We We Okay. Okay. your soul, I'ma stay independent, go go, you can pay that lease on the road, I'ma push me a bit that I own, get money, fuck to me, niggas see through them frenemies, nowadays these rappers run around like a bunch of men hopping around in skinny jeans, so much ice like freeze freezer, I'm not your boy, get your cheese up, you better stop sipping that lean and popping them pills before your heart freezes. up, my nigga that's real, y'all rapping, my nigga this truth, y'all cap it. My niggas, they trap you acting Y'all niggas, y'all broke, we stacking Not night we got a checklist. A dispensary and a check quick. Cause when a beat pop off in the text bit, I don't give a fuck about this recordy sex shit. Get money like a third them boulders On the grind like I got that folders. I'll be on the front line with the soldiers. My turn and it's time to take over. We first to death, we first to death. We burst the we burst the death like a We burst the we burst the You the We fresh, we fresh, we fresh, we fresh, we fresh, we fresh. Okay, okay, we fresh. put the game in a chokehold. Make it hard for these rappers to breathe. Now I'm getting money by the boatload. You can read, ain't no caption with these. Fifteen naked chicks in the mansion. New team on the map expansion. Why your chick looking at me? She look like Delilah, you look like Samson. From the block to the pen, to the penthouse. Had the buckets, now I pull Ben out. I went from ashy to classy. Real diamonds, but yours look classy. Three butt naked women in the hot tub. It's a process, get my young jock rub. Nine months later, got the game knocked up. We don't need help, got the game locked up. You thinking that you better than me. You must be on lean like the Tower of Pisa, cause you gon' need an army of Ghost Riders, and you gon' need the power of Jesus. I ain't voting for the Trumps or the Clintons, or the propaganda they spitting I'ma get this money, keep winning. I'ma get this money, keep winning We first to death, we first to death, you can come on. We first to death, we first to death, like a funeral We first to death, we first to death, you can come on. We first to death, we first to death, like a we're fresh, we're fresh, we're fresh, we're fresh, we fresh, okay, okay. We're
2: fresh, we fresh, we're fresh, we're fresh, we fresh, we fresh, okay. Hey, dig this, we get this understood. If you don't know one thing about Ike burning that Breeze of Money team, you better know every time you see us, we stay fresh, from the cars, the clothes, the shoes, the hoes, to the Undone. nigga. We friends. We stay friends like a brand new ball soap, Pablo. BMT for life. We win. 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 We
1: win. All right, all right, all right. Ice breeze. We fresh. We love us some ice breeze here in this chat. He is a friend to the show. You are listening to Let's Chat. My name is Tony, and I am joined by the one and only Miss Leisha. We have a great show tonight on Chat Tonight. We have some great guests in the house. We have the author and publisher, Swift Sloan. We always love when he comes into in the chat room and kicking with us, letting us know what he got going on in his creative kitchen. It's been a minute since he joined us, so we're excited to have him back in tonight. And in addition to Mr. Swift Sloan, we also have author and publisher. Mr. Seth Ferranti. Now I hope you guys are following him. He is dropping some some awesome things. So make sure you stay tuned to what it is that he is doing. I'm not sure if my girl is back from my cup break. Lisa, you right there, girl. I'm here, see. All, all right, all right. <laughs> we have our first guest in the chat room. She's gonna bring in The one and only Mr. Hello. Hey, sir. Hey,
2: sir. hey, how y'all doing? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. Never better. I
1: love hey. it. Love it. Okay, so you, you were in a chat room, I believe it was last year. You got to tell okay. us what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen.
2: Oh, man, you know what? I got a lot of stuff going on right now, um, you know, on the literary side and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I believe last time we was talking. Um, I think this was was it before we started doing the filming for circumstances, or was that after? I think we had either just did it or we did, we just wrapped it up or something like that. So anyway, you were um, filming. We got that it, out. Yeah,
1: you were filming. Oh, it. we
2: was we were filming it. Okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, that's right. That's right. I had talked to y'all right before I went up there. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we got that done, wrapped up. You know, it's out, of course, on Amazon. You know, anybody want to go check it out? You can check it out. Circumstances, at Amazon. It's is based on my first book, Motivation Master Game. I know y'all know that. <laughs> yeah, I know y'all know that. Just letting anybody <laughs> else know. Absolutely. So um, yeah, but you know, I got we got we got that. I got that out, and you know, I just dropped uh, my latest book in January, Black DiBiase. I got another joint that um, I just wrapped up. We actually shopping it for uh, some type of uh, deal right now. Um, I co-wrote with uh, Jack Thriller. It's called um, Side Chick Holiday, and uh, we, yeah, we also putting together a TV <laughs> script for um, Black DiBiase. So, okay, yeah. look at you over
1: there doing some things let me find out. <laughs> now we recently saw you on Sister Circle. Tell us about that experience and how you got connected to appear on uh the show.
2: Oh, uh well, you know, um my publishers he hooked it up for me. Um uh, 4.0 uh re, uh public relations, you know, they they um they they hooked it all up for me, you know, they was able to reach out to some of the producers and everything and you know they was able to pull it off i mean it was a it, it was it was a process i mean it was like 3 months you know to actually get a, a actual date you know so mm-hmm. um yeah that's pretty much what happened i mean you know it, it was it was i mean i enjoyed i enjoyed being on the show you know um it was very professional you know what i mean um the, you know the the hosts they you know it seemed like they really want black people to win you know i like situations like that you know um mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: I love it. Now, yeah. tell us about the movie Circumstances for those who haven't read the book.
2: Oh, okay. Well, Circumstances is um is based on my first book, Motivation Mastering the Game. It's, it's pretty much an urban tale about a bunch of young individuals who are trying to get their way out of the inner city and trying to work their way out the ghetto, you know, by means of, you know, manipulating the streets. And manipulating the environment that they live in, and you know they get involved with selling drugs and prostitution. The main character Keyshawn, watching, he's um, you know his mom. He 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 moves back to Milwaukee. His mom is trying to keep him away from his old friends, but you know he gravitates to him anyway. And and you know when he when he starts dealing with these guys again, you know that they're, they're um, they selling a lot of marijuana and. You know they heavily involved in prostitution. His friend T A and Red. So you know it, it's it's a it's a it's it's a story. You know without giving up too much, it's a story um, where you know these guys they they they're trying to you know find their way out of the streets, but they find themselves in a worse situation. The FBI get involved. Somebody get killed, and you know now it's all about trying to get out of it. So I mean I think. I don't. I don't want to give up too much. I mean, you know, I. I. I mean, I know y'all know what it's all about. You know, I'm pretty sure y'all. Uh-huh. You know, heard me talk about the book. Uh-huh. You know, and everything. You know, I just want to kind uh-huh. of leave a little bit of suspense. But you know, we got a trailer on Amazon. You know, if somebody want to go look at that and see. You know, see a little bit more. Also, you can go on to our, our YouTube page with Motion Pictures and um, check out some more. Um, more in. I think we got a more in depth. Uh, a trailer on there, I believe. So, so you know, mm-hmm. with a little well, more sounds, dialogue and stuff.
1: It sounds action packed, but uh, and give them the link that they can go on to Amazon. Do they just search for you to find out
2: um, where it's at? No, no, they can just go to Amazon and um and type in Circumstances, the movie, and it'll pop up.
1: Okay that's awesome yeah well you know we 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 are truly familiar with your work here on let's chat because alicia and i are reading first yeah. and foremost so that's why we want to get into this new book uh okay. first of all the cover is, is is uh tell me you designed that you designed that or you left it up to the, the designer
2: uh you know what actually me and the designer we actually um. Uh, Designed it together, but she she pretty much got more creative with it. It was it was designed by Nuance Art, um, oh. you know, Clark, some of they people. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. So well, listen yeah, in. they, they,
2: her they work. designed it. Yeah, I'm from, I'm, I'm pretty sure y'all is. She's
1: <laughs> definitely a friend to the show. So tell us a little about this, Mr. Rico. You know, because they still. I'm always fascinated by by um, crime shows with acting Them so.
2: Tell us a bit, oh. little bit about Mr. Rico Hammond and what the book is uh, about. Well, yeah, Rico, Rico Hammond. You know, he he's a ex Navy SEALs guy. You know, the book is Black DiBiase. It's it's called Black DiBiase because um, <clears throat> you know I was I, I was originally writing a book that was based on my friend. His name was um, DiBiase. He used to call himself Antoine DiBiase, and you know he was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some years ago, but you know, I, I had I had started writing a book and everything, and you know, I kind of I, I I stopped doing it because you know I got a little more difficult. It got a little difficult for me to keep writing, so I kind of bagged away from it. But I wanted to keep the title, um, you know, kind of like in memory of him, so I kept it at Black D. D. Yashi. But to get into the story, the story is about a um, a guy who um, he is trying to basically. Find out and avenge his father's death, but his his uh, his dad Rico Hammond he was an ex Navy Seal who used to do hits for these drug lords and mm-hmm. and you know in exchange for some of the hits and whatnot he that's how he ended up getting involved in the drug trade because they started giving him cocaine to sell mm-hmm. and he wanted to get out he wanted to get out of the game but you know of course they wouldn't let him they didn't want him to so. You know they went to send somebody to kill him, but it's a it's a real deep twist. You know, in the um, in the midst of all of that, you know, I mean, I think people are gonna be shocked about what really happened. You know, I don't, wanna, I definitely can't tell you that part. But you know, I mean, I, it, it, it's just one of the things where it's like, you know, I think when people read it, they're gonna be like, oh, okay, wow. So that's why that happened. Mm-hmm. That's why that happened. That's what that happened. Mm-hmm. And. um mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but we got a couple of other, you know, stories in there. I mean, Black Dibiashi is one of the things where I kind of wrote about um, some of the people, you know, that I knew changed a couple of characters around. You know, I mean, it's, it's you know, most of my books, they're based in Milwaukee, you know. So um, mm-hmm. just kind of like taking some stories from some of the people I knew and then different characters and, like, just putting them into the book, things like that.
1: hmm Awesome. Well, this is Tony. You know, we love a, a good book, and I see it's a mighty long book, which is even better—an action packed And we definitely don't want mm-hmm. you to give anything away because we want our listeners to be surprised to go out there and cop that and make sure you support well, I appreciate Mr. Y'all. Swift alone. So I tell appreciate me this, um, this: is still Tony, no problem. We appreciate okay. you more. Where where yeah. do you see yourself going? Do you are you going to start to t- trend towards, um filmmaking, are we gonna still receive books from Mr. Sloan? Tell tell us what you have on your horizon.
2: Uh you know what? I'm a I I, I love writing, you know, that's that's um I, I love actually putting a book together, you know, from the beginning to the end, coming up with the title to putting the actual characters together, building a plot, you know, all that kind of stuff. I love that. You mm-hmm. know, but um I got this newfound love for writing uh, screenplays and things like that, so I'm just trying to, you know, just looking to expand upon my, um, you know, my my skills, my writing skills, and just going off into another area. But you know, I'm 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 definitely not gonna get away from writing books. I'm I want to keep putting books out, you know. But um, just trying to really maximize on my craft in terms of. Um, <clears throat> You know, the books and the movies and things like this feel like, you know, if I can break off into the movie scene, then I can, you know, uh, bring a lot more attention to myself as a writer and bring of attention to a lot of my books as well. So, you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's all the same. It's all the same, just a different vessel, just a different way to get to people, you know, because, uh, you know, a lot of people that haven't seen the, the uh, that haven't read the book, my first book, you know, after people seen, uh circumstances. So now people want to read the book. You know, so it's just really just like a lot of cross promotion, and um, this, you know, I, I just, I want to keep doing that as well as far as writing the books, but I definitely want to get more off into screenplays and things like that, you know, because I just, I just want to conquer that, just I want to conquer those goals, you know, conquer another scene, you know, get myself off into another world, you know, what I mean, I, I just, I just like expanding basically. <laughs>
1: Wow. You know, this is this is still Tony and Alicia and I we are always fascinated by the different authors their approach to their writing. And first of all, I loved your first your first book. I absolutely was floored by it, that that was actually your first book. But you mentioned your I style of it. writing and the way you approach it. Do you come together your story comes together character first, title first, you know, plot first? What comes what's the what's the first thing that you think of and when you're sitting down to to
2: write a new story, you know tony i I think the the first thing that like okay, let me tell you how I come up with a story, right, because I got a whole bunch of stories just like in my notes on my iphone, and you know I could just pull okay. my notes open like and 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 the first thing that comes to a story is always the idea, okay,
1: mm. you know it might be okay. just like
2: uh if yeah, it might be a situation where I'm just thinking about. Something like, oh, okay, this is what I want to do. And then I come up with the idea. And when I come Mm -hmm. up with the idea, then I start, you know, then I come up with a title. And then after I come Mm -hmm. up with the title, then I start putting the story together, you know, come up with the names. And then I start putting the story together. Mm-hmm. So definitely the, the first thing for me, I mean, you know, I've I heard like different authors, they say that they use different terms, uh, you know, different methods, you know, as the different ways to start writing the story and whatnot. But I definitely got to have an idea first and I got to be feeling the idea. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I just I just want to warn you, Swift. This is still Tony. A lot of our guests have left the chat room with some new ideas once they've had an interview with me. At least I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we not and we are not gonna charge you no points for them, man. Right? You know, not gonna charge huh? you no points for them. You can just go ahead. We are not gonna charge you no know, points for them. You just go ahead on and oh, okay. utilize them. But you know, you yeah, you get you get a few little ideas here and there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. Now this
1: is Lisa. You have hey, Leisha. so much going on. You have yeah. Yeah, not outside of the books and the movies. You also do real estate. How but, do you balance everything? Because you're a dad as well. So how do you balance yeah. family and and all your different and in, in streams um, of that you have going on?
2: Uh, you know what? I'm um, just to really like be all the way real with you. Like I think that. The the for me the way that I balance everything is I don't really have time for too much I don't really have a lot of downtime and um Mm -hmm. so you know I just I just basically you know I keep I keep my everything in my calendar everything that I need to do every day and you know I try to make sure first and foremost I try to make sure I spend time with my kids like picking them up from school you know um. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you ladies know that, you know, just when you when you're a parent and you working, I mean, you don't have time to be sitting around your kids all day, you know. So, so what mm-hmm. you try to do is you try to just take certain moments out of the day when you can spend time with them. Like my boys. You know, I try to, you know, do things like, you know, make sure I stay on a regular schedule with them going to the barbershop because that's the time when I can sit up and I can talk to them about stuff and I can get them to be able to make sure that they continuously bonding with each other because they have different moms. You know, my oldest son, he's 14. He just graduated today Mm -hmm. too, by the way, from uh, middle school. And then my other, my little boy, he, thank you. Then my little boy, he's five. So, you know, I try to make sure that, they they had that time together you know and as far as my girls you know um I just try to make sure that you know I'm 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 you know attending events and things that you know I need to be around and making sure that you know I'm touching in with everybody every day and you know mm-hmm. and, I, and 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 what I do is I do that around my work schedule you know um I mm-hmm. mean pretty much my whole days is structured I wake up with a with an agenda you know, and, I mean, okay, I know mm-hmm. I need to be here at this time. I need to be there at that time. I need to pick this kid up at that time. And, you know, I mean, it, it just, you know, and then when I have time to just back away from stuff, I, I just, you know, I spend it with my kids. Mhm. So. awesome. And that's I so love
1: important. it. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we were talking about that last night. We were talking about how, you know, There's so much that goes on, and there's so much um, misdirection, like when it comes to relationships, and we find that, you know, everything is broken. And so we think about how to reach back to the girls. Well, a lot of people reach back to the girls, but reaching back to the boys is a rare thing. So the fact that, you know, they have an example. Is, is an awesome, awesome thing that you are there to mm-hmm. let them know and guide yeah. them, but you just don't guide your own kids. You actually yeah. reach out to the community as well. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I, I what I do is, um, I, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of youth, you know, and uh, some of the programs, you know, that they have here in Milwaukee, like uh, Average Youth. And, uh, you know, I, actually I just did an engagement what was that? I want to say Wednesday, something like last week, Wednesday. And it, it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, some guys that had just got out of prison and things some young guys, some older guys, you know, I just try to share my story with people share the things that I came from and, you know, try to make sure that I'm telling people, you know, about that and say, okay, like, you know, just, just, just I try to lead by example and get people to understand that. Okay. You know, if, if there's something that you want in life and you want to like go down a different path, you want to change and things like that. I mean, you know, I'm an example. I mean, I'm not trying to be up here saying like I'm just this saint cause I'm not, you know, but, but in terms of me just doing a life change, I mean, anybody that know me, they'll tell you like, okay, I mean, this, this dude is on a whole nother page now. Just in, in, You know, as far as me, you know, uh, feed myself, my, my, my livelihood and things like that, you know? So I know that, a lot of guys. I mean, I can't. I can't really, you know. Well, I'm not gonna say I can't touch people that really don't, don't know where I come from. I can, but I feel like one of my biggest impacts. You know, one of the situations where I can impact people the most is is situations where, where is somebody that that come from the same situation I come from because we got we share the same struggles whether it be a young man or a young woman, you know, I mean, anybody that comes from the type of environment that I come from, you know, the inner city, poverty, things like that, we all face the same struggles. I mean, it's just in different forms, whether it's a male, female, man, woman, child. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I try to make sure that regardless to what I'm giving back to those situations, you know, giving information to people and, you know, allowing people that, you know, come up in those same environments just to see a different side. Cause you got to understand for years, you know, I was one of the guys that was in these neighborhoods, destroying these neighborhoods with drugs, you know, uh, weapons, all kind of violence, you know, that mm-hmm. was neat. So, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. now I just think that it's important you know that I go back to these same areas. You know, a lot of people that say, okay, well, like some of the guys at that at that this speaking engagement I did last week, they was asking me, like, okay, so how do you go back and you know be around the same people that you was around before? You know, I said, okay, well, when mm-hmm. I first got out of prison, this time I couldn't really do it. You know, and until I was able to make to, to get myself strong enough to where I I will I will resist some of the things that we were doing before. You know, so I mean, yeah. it's kind of like a person mm-hmm. having a gambling problem. You know, if if you if you know you got a gambling problem, then you don't need to be hanging out in no casino, right? So that's right. That's kind of like the same approach that I use. And um, but now, you know, I mean, you know, me being a lot more stronger in my thinking, you know, I I I just feel compelled, and I feel. You know, that it's imperative that I that I reach back to these situations and grab some of the people that, whether it be family, friends, strangers, whoever, and grab some people that I know, you know, want to be grabbed. And so also some people that, you know, can, you know, uh, um, you know, do something that else with themselves. You know, I just try to mm-hmm. basically provide myself as an example so people will understand, look, you know, I mean if you're trying to do something else, you can, I mean, you you know, one of the biggest issues that young black men face, you know, is, you know, having all these felonies on your record. You know, I tell people all the time, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, for me being an entrepreneur had to be, I mean, it was something that was a must because I mean, okay, I, yeah, I can go get a job, but but are they really going to give me gainful employment, sustainable employment, that type of employment that I'm going to be able to feed myself, feed my kids, you know, and sustain my life? Probably not. So I figured, okay, I need right. to create a situation for myself, you know, where right. I can do that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just being more practical, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, but, you, but 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 just to answer you guys' question, you know, my main thing is, you know, I go back and, you know, I just try to share my experiences with people and I try to talk to people, you know, people that want me to talk to them and want to hear what I got to say and try to help them through the issues that they have. And, you know, guys getting out of prison, you know, I mean, some of these guys, you know, they got self-esteem issues, you know. You know, some of these young women, you know, that that's struggling, you know, even a lot of single mothers and things like that, you know, they dealing with a lot of financial problems and things and, you know, like, and just, you know, people being, you know, just being black in the inner city, you know, we have limited resources. So when I got resources and I got things, you know, I have things available to me. I try to share them with people so they will understand, you know, okay, well, this is how you do this. Like you'd be surprised how many people don't even know how to set up an LLC, people that don't know how to, you know, set up an EIN number to really legitimize their business, things like that. I mean, I just try to share that kind of information with people and get them to understand, you know, okay, it's like, you know, it's it's, it's different types of credit out here. You can get your business credit. You can get personal credit. I mean, you know, these are all essential tools that people you know um you know the 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 um people that have been successful you know in life this is the stuff that they use you know so it's like mm-hmm. um but this ain't this ain't the kind of the blueprint that we given you know uh coming up i mean you know they want us to believe that okay you just need to go to college get your education then you're get you go get to a good job okay well if they, if it was that easy, I mean why you got so many people stuck with all these loans and they and, and, and the majority of them ain't even working in the field that they went to school for. You know what I mean? So
1: right. I just you know, I mean
2: I, I I just try to be practical, you know, when I'm dealing with people and really just, you know, touch those type of people that you know, that I that I can touch. Mhm.
1: That's that's a lot, and we commend you because um, this is Tony. We try to remember to say who we are okay. because we sound so much alike. But you know you, yeah, and it all boils down to <laughs> I know it all boils down to where you are mentally and in the mindset that you right. have going into whatever endeavor you pick up. But you have to be mentally right. strong and and also know your weaknesses as well as your strengths and build from them. Right. And it sounds like you have been at a place where you knew you didn't want to be. But you have to mentally build yourself up, just like you build your body up to, to go forward. Right. And um, like I said, right. we commend you here on this chat because that sometimes people don't get over that hump and they just fall right back where they where they were because that's familiar yeah. with them. Absolutely. It's easy. And I it's just want to piggyback to off of that because not just being able to. Get out Because, see, a lot of times when you, you come out of prison, you still have prison in your mind, even though right. you are mm-hmm. semi-free, because they still restrict a lot of things that you right. do. But I think that when you have support, when you have determination, and you are consistent in the things that you are doing. I think right. that helps mm-hmm. with your success mm-hmm. and you have been consistent in the things that you do. You try to make sure that you control yourself in the things that you do and make sure you always are staying on the same path. And that's an awesome thing because there's a lot of people right. that don't have that, that discipline.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm gonna say, it's like, um, before I forget, let me ask y'all a question. So, you know, everybody was mm-hmm. going crazy a couple of weeks ago about Kanye West making this comment about people choosing to be slaves and whatnot. Let me ask y'all: How did mm-hmm. I, I mean? What do y'all think about? First of all, let me can I just touch on that real quick? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, go ahead. You sure? No, me I
1: mean, <laughs> no, I mean, but, but you know what
2: made me think about that because she said people being, you know, still being in, in, in you know, in prison in their mind, right?
3: So mm-hmm. absolutely I,
2: mean, I just I kind of think that um you know when you when you talk about people being in prison in their mind, it's no different than kind of like what dude was talking about and and, and and no both of those situations correlate to the same, right, because okay, That's most right. cats get out of prison and they say, "Man, well, this is all I know how to do, so why would I do anything different? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't know That's if y'all right. Superfly, but but his partner, Eddie, on Superfly, Ed, Superfly partner, Eddie, he said, man, what else am I going to do, man? I am I ain't worth nothing else. This is the only thing I can do is sell dope. You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of like the comment, you know, I mean, a lot of people got bent out of shape saying, oh, man, what do you think? What are you talking about? Slavery was a choice. See, I just think the man, re, I, I, I think the way he said it, you know, he kind of went over people's head and he didn't really explain what he was saying. You know, he was basically saying exactly. the same thing, you know, that Lisa just said. You know, Lisa, that, mm-hmm. that was Lisa, right? Okay?
0: Just yeah. like you just mm-hmm. said. I
2: mean, you know, you are basically saying that people be in jail in their mind. It's the same thing. If you're stuck into a situation, you know, I mean, a person can give you the keys to all kind of doors to open up. But it's like if you really don't want to do that and you don't you don't believe that you can do that. I mean, and you know, fear. you got to first okay. believe. Absolutely. Bingo. Season, and that's fear, that, and let me
1: see fear, one, fear, fear, that's
2: right. Right. Do y'all know how many people told me, man, so many different years, you know, like I'm talking about from when I first came home or when I first wrote the first book, people see all this transpiring. Y'all been on this journey with me. So y'all been watching a lot of this, right? You know, but people really don't understand. Well, I did like, your promotion I mean, you know, when you
1: first started. When you first you know came on, I did your promotion. So I saw your journey you, and, and, you know and I mean? the things that you were doing to get where you want to go.
2: Right, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like, but, 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 certain people don't understand that. Okay, everything that you're looking at right now, this is this is something that I planned. Do, I planned on doing. You know, a lot of people don't mm-hmm. understand That's that right. this was a this was something that I envisioned all of this while I was writing that first book. And it's like, you know, just to touch back on what you said about people being enslaved in their minds. You know, I mean, like if I would have been stuck thinking. And feeling the same way about my thoughts and myself that everybody else did. Because when I showed people my first book, people was laughing at me like, man, what the hell is this, a book? Like, man, get out of here with this. Because they couldn't see the vision. Because they still was in prison. They they still had their mind locked on the the person that I used to be. You know what I'm saying? Right,
1: so, that's you, right. Know,
2: you know, another thing, that that's, that's something else that I try to tell people. You know, it's like, listen, man, I don't care whether you've been to jail or what, what your life journey is. It's like, you know, if you're trying to do something and you're trying to break the mold on something and you want to actually be great, you're going to have a lot of people that's not going to accept you or don't want to accept you being that because in order for you to be a certain type of person or in order for you to be great, you've got to get away from that person that you used to be.
1: You have to. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm
2: not talking about your core principles. I'm not talking about the core of who you was as far as, like, you know, your manhood and things like that. But I'm talking about the way that you went about life, you know. And, and you got to understand that it's going to be a lot of people out here that's not going to want you to break away from that. And a lot of them people are going to be people that you love, a lot of people that claim to love you because they're going to only want, especially if they stuck doing the same shit that they've been doing, you know what I'm saying? If they stuck doing the same thing, why would they want you to get outside that box? Why would they want mm-hmm. you to get outside that box? I mean, it takes a person that really love you to want to see you become uh, free. I mean, you know, let's, let's get back to this slavery and free words. It takes somebody that really got some care and love and concern for you. You know, I mean, it's like this right here. You know, somebody told me years ago, they said, hey, look, man, how can you, a oh, matter of fact, you know what, I'm mean, I, I take that back. Have you all ever heard this, that one song by Big Crit? He was talking about, um, you know, he said, man, how can somebody, you know, how can somebody root for you when mm-hmm. when they stuck their damn self? It takes a special individual to see and want to see you succeed, knowing that, okay, this person came from this, and he come from the same thing I come from, but he trying to do something else, Right. It takes a, right. a, a a real special person to want to really see you make it. You understand what I'm saying? And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about monetarily. I'm talking about whether you and this person might have had a drug addiction together. You and this person might have, um, you know, uh, had a, a, easy, you know, a shopping addiction together, whatever it was. Anytime you make your mm-hmm. mind up to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this shit to the next level, and I'm going to be this. I'm going to do that. You know, I mean, you got to be around the right people. Otherwise, you will find yourself. You, I mean, they're going to keep hitting you with all them enslaved thoughts that they got. Anyway, I, right. I didn't want to keep going on that rant. I hope I, y'all didn't think I was going on a rant about that. It, 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 she kind of tripped no, me. So but you're right. She said that. you're right.
1: You're right. speaking Because this is the thing yes, about change. Absolutely. The thing about change is when you change, you require those around you to change. And if they're not ready to change, they will sabotage that. And a lot of times people don't understand your change. They don't understand your vision. And that's okay because it wasn't given to them. It was given to you. However, everybody can't go with you. And I think we we get a sense of we want to take everybody with us. And and sometimes you can't do that. And Mm -hmm. when people see you changing, they, they want you to change but only to the distance that they see you
2: going.
1: Mm. Like, people only see you going how far is in their mind. Right. They... So you have oh. all these expectations for yourself and this vision for yourself, but they don't see you going that far. They say, you know, he going to come home and he's going to get a job and that's what he going to do. But your vision right. isn't to work, retire, and die. Your vision right. is to they... do more than that. Exactly. So when you start That's throwing it. out those things you want to do, then they start being discouraging. And it's right. not that they're being discouraging, but it feels like they are. Right. You're yeah. receiving mm-hmm. it as discouragement because see now they're right. afraid. They're like, well, I don't think you should be doing all of that. Just go ahead on and do it like this, and you know that you'll be okay. Mhm.
2: Mhm. Right. Take the safe route, That's or true. better yet, you know, take the route that you know, take the route that um that that I think that you will make it on or take the right. take the take the less competitive route. You know, um it's, it's you know, I was listening to one of Jay Z interviews and he was saying, you know, that's my favorite rapper by the way, I just gotta tell y'all that. But, you know, he was saying that uh it's for real. So he was saying he said, Man, a lot of times people will place their own fears and their own uh expectations of themselves on you. Oh, so I, I couldn't do something so you can't do it. I can't see myself right. doing this so you shouldn't be able to do it. And it's like, you right. know, Pursuit of Happiness, that's one of my favorite movies. And the dude who who actually wrote the book, I don't know if y'all seen Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith and his son. But the guy who actually wrote that book, Chris Garner, he's from Milwaukee, right? And um he was in there, it you know, it was a part in there when dude when uh and when I uh, if 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 you seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But it was a part in there when Will Smith told his son. He said, "Hey man, look, don't put too much attention on basketball, man. You probably never be successful at it because I wasn't." And then he had to hmm. think about it. He said, "Hold on." He said, "Listen to me. Look at me. Don't never let nobody tell you that." You know, he had to check hmm. himself. You know what I mean? Because a lot right. of times, you know, I mean, parents do it. A lot of people do it. He had to check himself and tell, his mm-hmm. and tell his son, like, man, check this out, man. Don't never let nobody tell you what you can't do just because they couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, so right. it's, uh-huh. it's, it's like, I mean, you, you'd be surprised. People don't understand. Listen, if this was with anything, you know, on any type of level. If a person is sitting around here thinking about the next person uh, expect them to do, Or you allowing another person to put their expectations on you, you ain't gonna never get nowhere because the average person mind ain't even that can't even think that long. You understand what I'm saying? So I mean, it's like, yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy thing though. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, definitely a
1: slippery slope. And I'm glad that you said that because it's it, it happens so so many times, not just people that are incarcerated, but just in general. When people don't exactly. see, if they don't understand your vision, if it doesn't fit the vision that they have for you, because everybody got a vision you. It just right. may not be your vision,
0: but right. because it right.
1: doesn't fit the realm that they right. have, the box that they've created for you, then right. they don't see it. They don't right. see it, mm-hmm. and, and they might support you, and they might give you some of that backhanded support. You know, backhanded support is the ones that don't support you in public, but they'll inbox right. you text you on the on uh, the let back me tell side. Something. I'm let so me proud tell of you. Something. I can't stand <laughs> <them> <laughs> people.
2: Hey, I swear to y'all, you I can't be stand trying to figure out like
1: what type of
2: man, listen to me. I'm trying to understand, <laughs> like I mean, really? <laughs> See, yeah, hey but hey but, you know, but hey, but you know what kind of people them is? Yeah, I know it. I got plenty of them. But you know what kind of people them is? See, that's them type of people that they just want to make sure that they don't write you all the way off, just in case something major happens. Mm, just you in know case. what I'm saying? You raise see, exactly. They want to. <laughs> see, yeah, that, that's them. You, know, you call that's them back it. supporters. I call them just in case people. You know, that's them kind of
1: people. <laughs> and it's, and it's,
2: and it's, it's no different than you know. It's no different than uh, you know the first my, from my, till my, my third and fourth book. You know, people the people that was laughing at me when I wrote the first one, and then, you know, by the time I got to the third and fourth one, now they're like, oh, wow. Now they want to support because they understand, like, man, listen, I'm moving like a train, man. I ain't stopping for nobody, whether regardless to what. If this door don't open for me, I'm going to kick this one down. If that don't open for me, I'm going to kick that one down. I'm going to do this book shit and this movie shit just like I did the streets. You know what I'm saying? Can I curse? hmm
1: Absolutely, okay. absolutely. You know what I mean? So, so, isn't that radio Right. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> oh, I Absolutely. forgot because cause one time I called in, we were talking about something real crazy, but uh, I, I forgot about that. So yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I never, I never know what to expect when I'm calling in to talk to y'all. Cause what was that like the second conversation <laughs> we had? I don't know what we was talking about. But anyway. <laughs>
1: We've been having some doozies here on let Chat, and that's why you got to come back Ain't and no stay telling. away from us so long. So right. we're going to say that we truly totally appreciate you <laughs> spending some time with <laughs> us this evening, Mr. Sloan. So make sure I you shout out the y'all. social media handles and where they can find and follow your material.
2: Okay. Um, uh, um, you can find me on well, you know Instagram, of course. Um, Instagram, you can check me out on Instagram, Swift Sloan. Twitter Swift four one four, but I definitely Mm -hmm. want y'all to go follow the movie page on Instagram. It's Circumstances the movie, and um, and go see the movie. Check the movie out on Amazon. It's uh, Circumstances the movie on Amazon. And um I definitely think people will love the movie. I mean, I'm not going to say you're going to give it five stars, but you know, however people feel about it, I tell people to be honestly and tell me what they really think about it. You know, I mean, it's 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 very edgy. I mean, it's like right in your face, and it's one of them things that have you, you know, like kind of maybe feeling weird watching it because there's some real gritty stuff going on in there, especially the way that mm-hmm. these guys is treating women. You know, so. um I mean, but you know, I just felt like this is something that needed to be told because this is real. You know, I wasn't glorifying nothing. I was just explaining and trying to illustrate to people what goes on in that lifestyle. So uh, definitely, mm-hmm. you know, if 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 you guys get a chance to watch the movie Circumstances, the movie on on uh, on uh, Amazon, you know, please leave reviews, you know, star ratings, and let us know what you think about the movie. You know, I appreciate everybody's support, everybody. I definitely appreciate y'all, you know, um, Lisa, Tony, from, you know, y'all been supporting me since, you know, I first started doing this. And, I mean, I appreciate y'all, you know, to the utmost, for real. I'm not just saying that. And, um, you know, we that's why when uh, when she asked me to do the show, of course, she asked me, I said, of course I'm going to do it. Ain't no, ain't no we ain't got to talk about that. You know what I mean? Oh, so, thank uh, you. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, so, we appreciate um, you too. Yeah, much love. Well, you know, don't don't stay away too long. Keep us surprised of what you got creating. That's right, chicken, right?
2: <laughs> okay. Well, listen,
1: y'all just gotta tell me. You know, you got I mean, I can't,
2: I can't force myself on the show, right? You know what I'm saying? Y'all gotta you know, gotta I ain't lay. got to do honey. Let account. me tell
1: you. No, we ain't got what? to tell you. See, people always oh, okay. say that to us. They be like, well, you you ain't never seen the show. You ain't asked. All you got to do oh, is okay. say, Alicia, I got something on my spirit that I need to talk about. I got some, something going on, and boom, we okay. make it happen for That's, that's See,
2: right. now,
1: now I know. Now I <laughs>
2: know. <laughs> there you go. There. We make it happen. Hey, so let me ask you y'all <laughs> going to that thing in Atlanta this year?
1: Which one? I, I live. I live it's in
2: Atlanta. June, I live in Georgia. June night. Okay, yeah, 'cause I seen y'all down there last time. The one in June is um, what is it? The yep, Creative n
1: b c Yeah, the AA, Yeah. Yep. I'll be down there.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about mm-hmm. coming to that. That's why I was saying that. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, that's that's the Writers' Weekend right there because they have two yeah. events that weekend. Right. Yeah, I was thinking
2: about coming. So yeah, to, I know, would I say definitely come exactly. through. So do you know you know a lot about that event? Maybe maybe we can maybe we can talk you know a little later or not. I was just trying to get in touch with you. I'm seeing you. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. No. Well, I'll hit
1: you up after the show. All
2: right. Cool. Hey, I appreciate y'all. Okay. We appreciate you.
1: You You take it easy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Much success. All right.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That was a multi-talented Awesome. Yeah, he's doing films Swift Sloan. Make sure you guys follow him. Show the brother some support and some love. We love him here on Let's Chat. Leesha and I have been rocking with him since day one. Make sure you go out there and follow Mr. Sloan and and, and check out that circumstances. The link is on my page as well as Leesha's and on his page if you follow him. So make sure you check him out. Absolutely. Now, we got our next guest live in the chat room. I so appreciate him because he stayed busy. He stayed on his grind, and he always makes time to come through. You know, I, I always tell him this. I'm so proud of him. I've been telling him this since the day he got home, <laughs> since the day he stepped out mm-hmm. of them. Out of them walls. I've been telling him I'm so proud of him. And now he has the White Boy Rick documentary. He has his his comics. He still has Gorilla Comics. We got the fabulous Seth Ramsey coming to kick it in the chat room with us this evening.
3: Ladies, ladies, how are you doing?
1: We are good. Thanks for joining us tonight, Seth.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on, and. It looks like I, I tell people all the time. People always tell me, you know, oh, you're doing so good, you're doing this, but I'm not going to be happy till I got that twenty million dollar beach house in California. I mean, that's 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 my standard. Absolutely. So, you know, that's that's what that's what I'm shooting for. You know, I, I had kind of unrealistic expectations when I walked out of prison. I thought like two years I was going to be all good, and you know, now here it is, almost uh, you know, going on four years. I mean, I, I'm 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 struggling. I'm I'm fighting, but you know, it's it's a competitive field, man. There's only oh much. There's only so much money to go around for projects, and and so many people with good ideas and good projects. So I'm just trying to connect. You know, that's what I've been doing: meeting people, trying to connect with the right people, so that uh, you know, so that that I can do the projects that I want to do. Right, right,
1: absolutely. Well, you know, it takes time. Well, talk about your new project. It it does. And I, I always tell him this. I tell him this all the time. I'm so proud of you. Because you Thank just you. kept at it. You kept at it. Even when it felt like they was trying to bring you back. You just kept at it. And I'm so proud of you. Because now you, you have your white boy rig documentary. You have all of your different projects. You got cooking in your creative kitchen. Tell us how this project came about and um The release and just tell us the whole project, how everything happened, because I saw it and I don't glorify street life, but I will say that is Detroit history right there. You know, I don't think Mm -hmm. too many people know who White Boy Rick is unless they're from Detroit or they were on the other Mm -hmm. side doing some other things. But the fact when I looked (laughs) at the documentary, I saw Detroit history. You know that was some history there, and that's why I said I see an award in your in your future. So tell us about that project and how it got
3: on the way. All right, well, I started I started corresponding with White Boy Rick when I was still in like way back in uh, 2005. You know, just getting my wife to you know flip over the letters and, and we would write through her you know, cause I, I had always heard of his legend. I, I was in uh like SCI Beckley, West Virginia from 96 to 99. And I was with a lot of guys from Detroit and, you know, he just had like this real big outside, outside legend. And it, it was kind of like a 50 cent thing because it's like half the people, you know, supported him and, and half the people, you know, hated him, you know? So he kind of had like that mm-hmm. same vibe going on. So, uh, I mean, I I was an aspiring writer myself then, you know, that was when I was just getting started, but I, I reached out to him and started a dialogue, and um, I just always thought it was amazing that, you know, I, I could say I, I identified with him some, you know, because he, he was a young Caucasian kid, you know, with a life sentence, and I had 25 years at, at 22, and we both went in real young. But, you know, at, at the same time, you know, because of all the circumstances of this case, I was just amazed that you know, like he never got out. Like he had that 2003 parole hearing, you know, that Kid Rock went to, you know, and even said he would give him a job and stuff like that. And, and they just kept him in. So I was like, and he was always from the beginning, he was always saying like all this stuff about the corruption, you know, and and naming the the different names of the people that were keeping him in there, but he couldn't prove it. And I I always thought, Mm -hmm. I thought he was like a little crazy or a little touch, you know, because a lot of people in prison, you know, they profess innocence or they profess this or that, not to say, I mean, there are a lot of innocent people in prison, but you got, you got a lot of people, you know, if if you've been in prison, you know, you know, there's a people are a little off or stuff like that. You know, they're good dudes. They're just like focused on their case. And I wasn't sure if he was one of these guys or not. Cause you know, everything that he was telling me really wasn't matching, you know, with kind of like the, the, the legend or the myth that had took hold in the penitentiary about him. And, um, mm-hmm. You know, but he kept he kept telling me the story. And then finally, I, would, I when I was still in, in 2013, I, I wrote a piece, you know, on The six, And, uh, you know, not, I'm not going to say, you know, that I'm taking credit for, you know, everything that came to him. Because, you know, way back in the early 2000s, he had like Eminem at one time wanted to make a film about him. You know, Kid Rock was real interested in his case. So, you know, different periods of his incarceration, he's had some very influential, much more influential people than me you know, um, who were interested in, in telling his story and, and thought it was how fucked up it was that he was in prison. And, um, yeah, so, but I wrote that fixed article in two thir- 2013, and it kind of it kind of went viral on the Internet, and it kind of reignited interest in his story and kind of led, you know, to everything that we got going today, like the, the documentary that I'm part of, that I, that I made with the amazing uh, director, Sean Reck, who took me under his wing in this project and kind of mentored me you know, as I stepped out the prison gates and kinda of introduced me to the film world, which, you know, I don't I don't see where uh I mean I don't even understand sometimes I just get real lucky, you know, with meeting people and people take, you know, liking to me. So, you know, I, I mm-hmm. so I kinda of stumbled into that situation. But uh you know, just, just mm-hmm. the whole process, man, from, from learning and then like right behind us we got the the White Boy Rick movie, you know, with Matthew McConaughey and Star Studded Cats. That's coming out in September so these two projects, and, and not even to say, you know, there's a lot of other people. There's, like, the free Richard Wershie fan book page, Facebook page, you know, which one of Rick's friends runs, which, you know, that, that's that been a tremendous groundswell of support for him, and, and a bunch of different writers, man, you know, like my favorite being Scott Bernstein, who we have in the documentary, you know, but but a lot of other writers, you know, have, have written about him and written out about his case besides that. And I think all this media attention has just brought it to the point where actually, you know, he got paroled last summer. He's still in, unfortunately, in Florida for a different case, you know, that he has to do a little mm-hmm. bit more time for that he caught while he was in prison. Yeah, but, you know, they, they had him they had him buried, man. They they were like – they didn't want to let – it didn't look like he yeah. was ever going to get out. And then all this support, you know, that's been building since 2013 when I did that article, and it, it went viral all across the Internet. And
0: really that mm-hmm. happened
3: when I was in, so I didn't even understand – you know like when you get out man and, and i know I, I know especially you know miss tony i know you deal with a lot of dudes in and you know i can always say you know when you're in there like you think it's one way like how the world is and then you get out here and it's like totally different cuz i remember you know giving my wife shit all the time like oh why can't you mail that letter it takes 5 minutes or this or that or 2 minutes you know if she didn't you know didn't have time and you know now being in the world i understand I, that's what i told all my friends inside you know now they try to say this and this and i said dude you won't understand she you get out here man you've been in there too long you know what I'm saying? But when you get out, right. you know, you're going to understand, like, the way of the world because you've got to get reacclimated to it. But, uh, yeah, I just had this, uh, I mean, incredible journey, you know, from, from writing Rick and, you know, wanting to help him get out and, and being outraged, you know, at, at his sentence. And then when I just learned more and more stuff and all the different rabbit holes, you know, that his story kind of went down, you know, to be in this process. You know, that's when I, when I met Sean Reck. I, I met Sean Reck in the summer of 2015. I actually interviewed him for his previous movie, which is on Netflix right now, "A Murder in the Park," and um, which mm-hmm. got another uh, like another guy out, Anthony uh, or I'll oh, sorry Simon. You know, in, uh he was in the Chicago system for like a double murder, roughly convicted. So they got him out, and now to just go through this whole process. And you know, we sat down and we're like, "This is what we want to do." You know, we want to make a film. We want to entertain people. We want to show the history you know, but we want to keep it real, you know, but at the same time, you know, our, our overriding goal, our, our number one mission was to get Rick out. And, and we feel, you know, even though, you know, I'm not claiming it's just because of the film we made. I mean, it's all these things, you know, combined, mm-hmm. you know, every, everybody's effort was very important and it combined. And then I think now the situation with the doc and then the movie, the big movie coming out in September that, uh, I mean, it's going to blow up, man, everybody, you know, like you said, you know, he's very, very Michigan and Detroit. I mean, he's like an urban legend. You know, everybody knows White Boy Rick, but I think now with the, these projects coming out and the eyeballs that are going to be on him, I mean, he's going to have that like national level, you know, of, of right. attention, you know, for, you know, people knowing his story. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And maybe then, even even uh, international, when I was watching maybe even it. I believe that. When I was watching it, because it talked about the different young boys incorporated Maserati Rick, and you know, I believe somebody is getting ready to come out with a book, um, in regards to Maserati Rick. Um, but you 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 think of all of that—that that is Detroit history. And I mean, when you say he was he was buried, you know, there's a lot of cor- corruption. I'm gonna say there's corruption in every city, but in oh, Detroit, yeah, yeah. I think there is a lot of corruption. And if they want to bury something to keep their hands clean, they will.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. That's just my um, opinion. Yeah, that's exactly what what happened to him. I mean, the way we lay it out in the movie, you know, I, I'm she's Sean. That's really Sean Sean Reck. You know, the director. He's just like that's like his expertise, man. He can like take case and lay it out and, and, and show you, you know, I'm, I'm more, you know, cause my, my background, you know, was writing the gangster books. I'm more like the gangster. I mean, that's what I love. Like the gangster stuff, but like he kind of showed me in this whole process, you can take gangster stuff like that and make it more mainstream where, you know, it's going to appeal to a lot more people, you know, and, and just by, you know, showing like a, a different side of it, you know, like the, not the wrongful conviction in Rick's case, but the over-sentenced, you know, because, I mean, he's been in 30 years, going on 30 years for eight kilos of cocaine from when he was 17. So, it's just, I mean, who else? Wow. You know, and and he worked as an informant, cooperated with law enforcement. So, I'm saying, it's just like nobody else is in that same situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where someone, you know, and not to even say, I I argue with a lot of people all the time because people will not say, oh, he's a rat, he's a snitch. Man, he started working for the cops when he was 14 years old. His dad was an informant. His dad encouraged him to do it. So, I'm saying, you know, you got you, a, a dude like that. I mean, a kid, you're not, at 14 years old, it's not like you're making those type of choices, especially when you're trying to do something that your dad's already doing. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I I look at it like that. But, uh, yeah, I always did that's what I found incredible. I'm like, man, how this dude, like he, I mean, because even Johnny Curry says in the film, you know, he cooperated. You know, he was getting all the information against Johnny Curry. You know, and even Johnny Curry is like, let him out. You know, Nate Boone who was trying to kill him, you know, at one time. You know, they had a hit on him. You know, Nate Boonecraft let him out. Every, even the, all the FBI, FBI guys, you know, we talked to, they're all like, everybody's like, let him out. And, and really, the, the Rick's been singing the same story the whole time since he first came in. You can see it like in the film from those original, uh, you know, back from like 1988 Chris Hansen clips when he was interviewing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, what, what the big thing that really helped Rick was when these FBI agents retired, you know, because then when they mm-hmm. retired, you know, then they can come out and, you know, say what they want or be honest. You know, because when they're, I mean, it, it, it's like any job or any situation. Sometimes, I mean, when you're in the FBI, that's just what's expected. You know, just like what the criminals expected you don't say nothing. So, I mean, it, it goes, whatever it is, it goes the same, you know, type of regard. I don't, I don't care if you're, like, working a factory or you're a CEO. Everybody has that. If you want to call the blue code or the, the white code or the criminal code or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. type of code. You know, because what do they do? Like in business, if somebody, you know, since they call it whistleblowers, you know, but... Uh, right. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I always thought that that was, like, the most intriguing fact to me. And, uh, yeah, because most people, you know, they cooperate, they get they get right out. So I, I was kind of like, what is the deal? So that made me want to dig and kind of give some validity to everything he was saying. And, and, you know, when the FBI, ex-FBI agents corroborated, then, you know, as a journalist... You know, serious journalist, and that's when you got to look at it. and You got to be like, hey, wait, you know, maybe this story he's been telling the whole time is, you know, the truth. And then when you start digging, mm-hmm. you know, and then like as we showed in the film, as we lay it all out, I mean, it's all true. And we we showed that in in the, uh, you know, with with history as a context. You know, because I mean, White Boy Rick, he w- he was amongst like all all the big legends of the '80s. Man, he was like right. He was the same yes, era. Works. You know. Man, Maybe, you know, not like he was, you know, breaking bread or or doing business with him, but, you know, he'd be at the same spots. You know, he might be at the Pistons game. He might be at the clubs. You know, he went to Vegas. You know, so he Mm -hmm. had a lot of, uh, you know, at the fight. So, I mean, he was with these dudes, and a lot of these dudes, everybody knows. I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, like the guys we interviewed, Johnny Curry, I mean, that was a major dude back in the 80s. You know, Nate Boonecraft, he was probably the most, in the 80s, he was probably the most fair dude in Detroit. You know, and, and, wow. and just the, the people that they were with and the different stuff, you know. So, uh, you know, and, and that's Rick was like some whatever, 15, 16, 17 year old white kid kid in the hood moving amongst all these dudes. I mean, I, I think that's like another thing about his story. That's amazing, too. And you were doing that when mm-hmm. you were gathered information for the police. That's, like, that's like mm-hmm. incredible. You know what I'm saying? It's like some James Bond-type shit or something, you know. Not to say,
0: you know, that... <laughs>
3: Yeah, not to say that I'm condoning anything like that. You know, I think it's wrong on both ends. And, you know, I think that the gathering of the information and the police making him gather the information are both wrong. But, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what our society is, man. I I think I say it in the film, too. Like, uh, just like gangsters, you know, will justify anything they have to do sometimes to get money. Not all, but some, you know, will justify whatever to get money. Sometimes the FBI or, or the cops do the same thing. They justify, you know, they think the, the ways – you know, in the means make the ends, you know. So you know, mm-hmm. we can it's easy to sit back and criticize afterwards. But uh you know that's mm-hmm. the way the ball bounces yeah. sometimes and uh had yeah, a bad situation man and I mean he's been going through it so hopefully I mean, hopefully, I, I really I tell people I won't be happy until he's actually home. You know, I want him. I want him to have the freedom. You know, to be with his family, to see his family. You know, to be with his girl. You know, to to go. You know, and do what he has to do. I I've, I've walked all these steps down, so you know that's what I try to tell him. I know exactly what this is at, what this is like. So I've been through this whole process. So you know, if you need to talk to somebody or whatever, but uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, when I I'll be happy when when Rick is finally off all the little bullshit paper and jump through all the hoops here and we can just sit down and we can smoke a blunt of some good weed or something and be like we made it dude you know what I'm saying <laughs> we made it oh, I'll be like you're, yeah, you're fucking here you're fucking here now we made it you're off all that bullshit let's fucking absolutely. smoke this fucking yeah and I'll be like dude yeah this weed is different than the motherfucking 80s motherfucker so you know what I'm saying <laughs> You better just just take one hit. You better just take one hit for now. But, uh, this this, this, this is Tony Seth,
1: and it sounds like it was such an emotional roller coaster putting this this, this work of art together. But what was the one thing that still has you scratching your head that was revealed on this, on this, um, putting this together?
3: I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things you got to have an interaction with a whole bunch of people, and um, you know, I I can't say that all of uh, Rick's allies always, you know, got along well because everybody had their different way, you know. But I mean, I, I can say with our project, we try to work with everybody. You know, I, I know Sean Rex. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was very communicative with the movie people. You know, because they they got they got like a. I mean, we got like a couple hundred thousand dollar project. They got like a $60 million project. So we're not trying to, you know, we didn't want to create any conflict of interest or, or any type right. of beef, you know, with them, we want to, you know, so Sean, Sean established, you know, and with the director and the producers, and, and he talked to them and even the screenwriters and even they, they were like, you know, he showed them when we were doing the cuts, you know, when we were editing mm-hmm. and we we were doing, he was showing them and, and getting their feedback. So, um, but I, I say for me, just learning, learning, man, I, I learned an incredible amount of stuff, man. You know, I learned how to, you know, be diplomatic with different people, you know, and work on, 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 um, you know, one project, even though, you know, it's kind of like you could do your thing and I could do my thing and we could still meet at the same end result, you know, but sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. people, you know, try to act like if you don't do it their way or whatever. So, you know, it, it was a big learning process, man. And, um, I think, I think I'm think i a better person for it. And even uh, even like you said, like, it, it has been an emotional rollercoaster ride. I mean, there's even been a couple times, you know, during this process where, like, me and Rick, we got mad at each other. I mean, we're always cool again, but, you know, I mean, just – and most of the time I'm just mm-hmm. talking to him by phone or email or letter. But, you know, I mean, because, I mean, it's his life. So, you know, of course he's going to be, you know, he's very, you know, curious or wants to know different things. And, you know, sometimes as a filmmaker you got to lay stuff out how maybe the subject doesn't like, or maybe they don't like the way it makes them look like this or look like that, you know, but you got to tell the truth, man. If you want to keep your integrity, if you want to do a real story, you know, if you want to be a a, a filmmaker and a journalist, I mean, you got to do your research. you got to corroborate, put it all together and lay it out right. And um, yeah, I just learned a tremendous Mm -hmm. amount from, uh, you know, Sean Rex. He he really showed me how to do this. You know, he gave me like a bird's eye view on on, on how to make a true crime doc, a good, maybe even a great true crime documentary.
1: Wow. We're going to be looking for more from you. Not sure if I answered your question. (laughs) Yeah. Not sure if I answered your question. No, you did, (laughs) absolutely.
3: Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah, but definitely, man, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I I love the movie, of course, but I'm biased. But, you know, we we played the Detroit, uh, you know, Free Press Film Festival you know, probably about a year and a half ago, we won the audience choice award there and Then we played New York docs, you know, last November, you know, and now, and now we finally got the release. And, um, it'll be, you know, it, it, it'll be on iTunes and it, at all the other places, I think like a week later. And I think they're keeping it on that mm-hmm. for probably like six months and then probably, um, next towards next Christmas or, or in the new year, it'll probably, it's going to end up on a streaming network, you know, but, uh, you know they're they're still shopping deals, so it's not like you know I, I don't know which one it, it'll be yeah. one of them. You know this Sean Reck, he has a, a Murder in the Park is on Netflix right now, so which that's also cool. Oh, I movie. love it. You know, but uh, yeah, so.
1: So you know, that's what we're just,
3: what, we're you just, have, what what do you have? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just said you know we just moved forward, man. It's been a long process. I thought the film was gonna be out, you know, like probably like two years ago or eighteen months ago, so. You know, I, I, it's been very patient, and uh, even for me, you know, when you you work hard on something, that just as an author, you know, and, and doing stuff kind of singular as a publisher, you know, it's really, um, I do a lot more, you know, than with the film stuff. Is you, you just got to rely on so many more different people, so everything just takes, you know, longer, because, I don't know, me, myself, I'm like a maniac, so I move at light speed, you know, so I don't, you know, sometimes...
0: <laughs> I think other
3: people can't keep that's why I mean I just do a million things. I can't help it. I got like a severe attention deficit disorder from it. I just gotta move from project to project, <laughs> to project to project. And uh I mean, you know, any anybody that follows me they can see, you know, it goes from my writing to my different projects and now now film, I wanna be the same as film. Um, you know, first I mm-hmm. think I wanted to be Quentin Tarantino, but now that I'm out here I think I wanna mm-hmm. be like the J.J. Abrams of true crime. You know, I think that's, that's, that's my kind of new that's that's yeah. Abrams. That was yeah, big J J. <laughs> yeah, I want to be the J.J.A. Well, you know, just in the true crime like documentary or maybe hopefully movie yes. world. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of all over. So I'm just trying to get be like him in this one little genre. You know, so mm-hmm. I I think that's something that's attainable. I mean, you know, to say you're gonna be like the next Quentin Tarantino or the next J.J. J. Abrams. I mean, that's like a one in a billion shot. So you gotta be realistic too. Not to say any, anything can happen as long as you you're open minded to it. And I I am open minded to whatever happens, but. Right. You know, got to be realistic too. So, but still, like yeah. I, you know, I shoot. But I sh- you have I aspirations. Shoot big. Yeah, I shoot big, man. Why, why, hey, why shoot? If why you're not, not shoot big? Uh, if you're gonna exactly. do it, shoot, shoot for the top. That's how you know. If I'm gonna climb the mountain, I'm gonna climb the top of the mountain. I'm not gonna get three, four up and be like, I'm tired. You know, I'm gonna go all the way to the top. You know, even if even if it kills me, I'm gonna go to the top just to see how did. You know. Keep, yeah, so that's keep uh, rising. You know, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm going. But um, what I got going on now is um, with the White Boys coming out, uh, I got this other film. I got a St. Louis film that I've been shooting for almost two years. Um, it's about North City. You know, which is a real bad area where there's, there's a lot of murders, a lot of gangs, a lot of drug addicts, a lot of homelessness. You know where it seems like mm-hmm. you know like the administration and the cops and the people in the city they you know they just don't care about this area you know it's just you just cross this one street in, in St. Louis called Del Mar, you know on the other side all these big churches and Central West End and you know Chase Plaza and Barnes Jewish and you, you 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 pass this one street Del Mar, and then it's like on the other side it's like it's like a battle zone it's just it's just crazy man like the the contrast so. I, I'm doing this film. It's going to be another. It's going to be another doc. I mean, it's it's kind of true crimey, but I, you know, I want to say it's necessarily true crimey because what nightlife is? Nightlife is this. Uh, this organization that, that's that's run by this incredible guy named uh, the Reverend Kim McCoy. I mean, this guy is just like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I know they just had like Black Panther and 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 all that, you know. But this dude is like a real, you know, African-American superhero, what, what he does, you know. So that's why I really want to, you know, shine the light on him because what he does, you know, he just doesn't talk a good game. He just doesn't get up in the pulpit and say, oh, we need to do this or this, you know, or he just doesn't point out the problems, you know, which, which in St. Louis, you know, kind of Ferguson, you know, kind of really pointed out a lot of the problems that I think, you know, exist here, but also exist all, all, all across the nation in the inner cities. But, you know, a lot of people say, okay, they identify the problem, but nobody really is, I, you know, putting a resolution in motion. You know, there, there's, there's no cure. You know, we can talk all day about what the problem is. People need to start coming with cures to the table, you know. And what right, this guy, right. the Reverend Ken McCoy, is doing, uh, he goes out. You know, he puts his money where his mouth is, man. This guy goes out and risks his life. He goes out and walks in North City in, in some of the worst neighborhoods from, like, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And he's been doing this, mm-hmm. like, over two years. You know, just building up a report. And he has a group of different preachers and concerned citizens that walk with him sometimes. Sometimes there might be 40 or 50 people. Sometimes there, there might just be him and a couple other dudes, you know, and mm-hmm. – um. He just goes out, man. He tries. That's what he says. He it's, it's a violence prevention outreach, you know. So he's just going out, and I even got him. He, he says says in the film, you know, like I ask him the question. I say I say, what do you do? You know what you do, and he says, because I, I love my people, man. He goes he goes, I'm not just gonna sit here, you know, stand idle while young black kids are killing yo- other young black kids. He goes, you know, I'm I'm going out. All I'm right. trying to meet them, and he has, you know, through that, you know, he calls it like a present, uh, a ministry of presence. So through that ministry mm-hmm. of presence. You know, I mean, I mean, people are still doing what they're doing. You know, to a certain extent, I mean, that type of stuff is is always going to go on, you know, because because of the way you know the economic situations and 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 how these areas are right now. But uh, I mean, he he just goes out, man, and and he just does. It. I just think it's incredible. So we've been following him, man. We've been following him for like two years. We've been filming him, mm-hmm. and now we're we're finally we're starting to put. Uh, I almost got a trailer together. I'm not sure I might release a trailer soon or I don't know, maybe next fall or something. But uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna probably have a film, you know, towards towards fall, towards the end of the year, and then I'm gonna start showing it mm-hmm. on the the, circ, the festival circuit, you know, next year and then and then try to find a home. But you know it's really my first film where I can say you know I'm director white, white boy, you know Sean rec that's his film, he's a filmmaker, he's a director you know I, I wrote and I produced it, you know and I, and I helped him, you know I was part of his team, but now you know this nightlife is kind of my project you know i am I'm, I'm I'm the at the helm, you know, and I got different guys on my team, but uh you know that, that's what I want to show you know i want to show I want to show his story, you know I want to show why he does what he does. I, w- I want to show what the problems are, but at the same time, I want to show what one man is doing, you know, to, you know, correct the problem or, or, or help people, you know, through the struggle. And, mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. yeah, I've been out, you know, it, it's really crazy because, uh, you know, St. Louis has been ranked, you know, in the top, um, you know, probably two or three for the murder capital of the last couple of years. And, and a big part of that is, is this North city area. And, and we've been going out there you know, for two years, and, and we've heard gunshots, and we even got gunshots on on tape and stuff like that. But I mean, we've been going out with cameras, and, oh. and really, you know, we 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 haven't really had any problems. You know, we've gone into drug areas sometimes. We go to the drug spots and stuff, and the guys will be put the camera down. So we respect dudes because we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to bust dudes. We're not trying to bust dudes for anything. We're just trying to tell a story right. through the Reverend McCoy's right. eyes. But uh, yeah, but we've been going out there, and, man, like all the time. Like I I I have I have one girl who's a um African American who's a camera person, but my other my other like Three camera guys are like white dudes, big tall mm-hmm. white dudes, like ex-military, and we go out there and and most of the people, man, they see us, they greet us, they're like, oh, if we haven't been there for a couple of weeks, they're like, where you been? You know, and it's a lot of them, man, they're, they're addicts and, and homeless, but I just want to show that these people, you know, people tend to marginalize people like that. People tend to push people aside, you know, because if you stereotype or you marginalize people, then they're not really not real people, so you don't have to worry about them. So, you know, right. and, and what I say, I, I know, I know from being in prison. I don't, I don't care you know, what color or what background or, or where you're from. And people are people. And, and in prison, when it breaks down, mm-hmm. you know, because you can only spend the same amount of money a month, you know, you can only have the same things, you can only live in the same area, have the same khakis or the same sweatpants. It, it really strips a lot of the stuff that we kind of armor ourselves with out here you know, like our job or, or where we live or our credit or our car. you know, or our clothes or who our friends are, you know, it kind of strips all that down. We're, we're just people to people. And, and and I just built up, you know, with all, uh, you know, with Spanish, you know, African-Americans, even even Asians, whoever, I've built up Europeans. I've built up, uh, you know, these tremendous rapports in prison that have last, lasted, you know, I, I mean I talk to a lot of people that aren't in prison now, but probably, I half the people I talk to, you know, we're in prison, you know, it's just people out yeah. doing successful stuff, you know? And, uh, yeah. So that's what this movie, I want to, I want to humanize these people. I mean, cause that's what they do. They stigmatize these people like, Oh, you're an addict, you know, you're a prostitute or, or you know, you got age, you're homeless, you know, you're a gangbanger, mm-hmm. you're a drug dealer, you know, they stigmatize these people and act like they're not people, but that's what I try to show with this. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I want to show, mm-hmm. I mean, these are people, man, these, these neighborhoods, they, you got people still living in these neighborhoods, in these neighborhoods that are devastated, you know, by drugs and, and gangs and, and death and, and whatever, and it, they're, they're still core people that live in these neighborhoods, man, and the house might, next to might be burned out, bombed out, three of them, and they keep their house and yard and everything nuts, I mean, so, I just, you know, meeting these people, because cause when they walk, through, sometimes the people come out and, and they thank the Reverend Kim McCoy, like the people that live there. You know, they come out and say, oh, thank you, you know. So, you know, he's not just administering, you know, to like, you know, for lack of a better term, people like street people or what you would call people that might be lost or whatever. But, you know, he talks to mm-hmm. the people, you know, the homeowners there, the, the people that have lived there forever. You know, that that's that's like their mm-hmm. home. That's mm-hmm. their you know, and and he talks to them, and they always come out and thank him. And we try to talk to them too, because uh, that's what I'm like, man. You know, pe- people are people, man. If you if you look just look past the stereotypes and just talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, even the wow. ones that are, are messed up on drugs or or gang banging, you know, or the ones in prison. You know, I, I learned that from being in prison. I mean, you got a lot of dudes, you know, you know hard hard dudes or, or tough dudes or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, they're still people, man. You can talk to them. You know, if you make the effort, wow. but it's just you know, most people don't want to make the effort. hmm mm-hmm. So that's but kinda Jeffrey what definitely yeah, about. Right.
1: What's well, so that? Tell us a little bit about your
3: your your, your latest book. Oh, the comic book? Mhm. Oh well, yeah. you know I started the um yeah I haven't, I haven't i haven't published a book i haven't had time for reasons but i got i got other books that I might see it sometime when I got more time but uh yeah, haven't a book's a lot of work man but um <laughs> the comic book you know i got uh you know i started a comic book um i got a whole line i call it like crime comics and i wrote um i wrote the supreme team i got issue one of the supreme team out which is based on my supreme Team book. And which is fully, uh, you know, Supreme's my dude. I still talk to him to this day. So, you know, that's like all, all my stuff is, uh, through him. He like gave me his blessing or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, even for the comic book, he thought it was funny. When I sent him some of the pictures, he was like, is this supposed to be me? I'm like, yeah. He was like, that's not me. So I was like, well, that's what we're using. But, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I got the Supreme team comic book out. I got, um, confessions of a college, which is kind of my story, you know, which, uh, you know, I, I sold LSD and marijuana. I was kind of like a deadhead. used to go around the colleges, but I was like an outlaw or something. But, uh, you know, that was in the past when I was a little kid. But um, so that's what mm-hmm. kind of Confessions of the College Kingpin, you know, goes back into that whole thing. Because uh, not to say, I mean, I was in the Fed, so I met some big drug dealers. So, so not to say that I was a big drug dealer, but, you know, for, for a teenager, I, I was doing all right, man. I, and I had a little run you know, where I was kind of moving around a bunch of different states, but just LSD and marijuana. But uh, the Confessions of College King is telling that story. And we're going to have a second issue of that out soon. Eventually all of these are going to be graphic novels. It just takes a lot of time. Really, it takes uh, working with artists. I I found since I've been out, like, working with artists and working with editors, they, like, take forever. But, you you know, but most of these people are like me. They're working other jobs, and this is, like, their sideline. This is what we want to do. You know, even though, you know, I, I still got a regular job. I'm still, I, I work at a law firm three days a week, same job I got when I got out, you know. So, right. you know, I still need to do that. But uh, then I got two other books out. I put um, Verdict is by Kwame T, who wrote Dutch. So we got Verdict, which was another, it's, it's like another Dutch tale just from a different perspective. And we got one issue of that out, and that's going to be a graphic novel eventually. And then uh I got by Christian Cipollini, a mob writer, we have Lucky out, which uh, we already have a second issue We're Working of on a third issue of that, and the graphic novels are just going to be like compiled, like four issues. You know, that's kind of like the market. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I've been doing since I've been out. I've been doing comic books and and now films, but I really think uh, I get the most attention for the true crime stuff because that's kind of how I started out. That's kind of like my background. So. I think for the foreseeable future, you know, I got several different projects in, in development or that I'm already shooting to, you know, nightlife. And I got this other one I've been shooting in production. And then I got a couple big projects in development, mm-hmm. you know, that I've been talking to people with, but I mean, sometimes i am finding it in this entertainment world. You have, a lot of, you have a lot of conversations where people might be interested in stuff and they might want to do it, but if they can't convince a whole team or if they can't convince the investors or the financiers, you know, to make it you know it's not like anybody's uh you know putting up you know hundreds of thousands of dollars you know or, or like I'm a bankable mm-hmm. commodity yet so a- anything with me mm-hmm. you know it's still you know probably in the entertainment world is is viewed as a risk you know but hopefully this white boy is going to uh put me on the road to uh bankability you know but we'll see we'll okay. see that's that's still okay. to see but I've heard everybody you know I love the film and everybody's seen it man has said it's awesome but you know, then okay. it's mostly people that I know too. So, you know, we'll start seeing. uh a grain of Well, you know, hey, I, I, I'm like this. Well, you the know, more it,
1: outside people, it, the more outside your circle, yeah. still, the
3: truer your reviews become. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm always gonna support my friends' stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. if something's awful, I'm gonna tell them it's awful. I'm not just gonna lie to them, but you know, I'm still gonna. So, I, I I support because I think anything anything with art it's just completing the project and, and getting it out. That takes a lot. Because think how many people talk about the ideas they have or the book they want to write or the film they want to make or this or that, and they just never do it. It remains talk. So anybody that actually has the, the wherewithal to, you know, see something through and, and complete it, to me, you know, that that that's big and, and that's worthy of, uh, you know, that's worthy of recognizing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, absolutely.
1: Can,
3: like well, you know, we are so...
1: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, you, No, I'm saying we wishing nothing but the best because he has definitely been busy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, but, uh, like I said, and hey, I say this all the time. I'm so super proud of you, and we got to get you back you, on because you. I know you're going to be doing so
3: much more. I hey, just wait, I know it is. Hey. You don't know when I'm really big, cause mm-hmm. then you guys won't be able to get me directly. You'll have to go through handlers. You have to get to through <laughs> handlers, me messages. You know when I get when I get really Wait, big, and I get I'm to, I'm, yeah. just I'm just calling yeah. no,
1: <laughs> the wife. Look, I'm just calling the wife. Look, she might oh. be
3: she might be my uh, that's what I might hire her. She might be my my my, my buffer. Everybody gotta go through her. <laughs> but tough uh, tough you know, for your I, people. I, oh, you know what? I, I do interviews, right? I do interviews, you know, for Vice all the time, and I, I look for different people to interview or stuff. Man, sometimes like some of these celebrities or people that are really well known, they're they extremely to keep hard to It's like, oh I man, got to I gotta
1: people just to ask one person one
3: thing. Yeah, look, I, I did this interview with Russell Brand, you know, the, the English comedian, actor, or whatever, for Vice, and uh, uh-huh. for you have, like a new self-help or addiction type book came out. And I had to chase the interview. I mean, I finally got it. You know, I mean I wanted to talk to him anyhow, but it was just like every time, you know, like he was on a taping, it was running over or, you know, this happened. Or I think one time we had an interview scheduled and it was something like the uh one of the people, like one of, I don't know if it was a prime minister or, or one of the high people in the government of England had a like a meeting with him, you know, like a, a unscheduled meeting and it was like right at the time when I was supposed to interview him. I'm mean, what are you gonna say? Oh. Yeah, do the vice interview over meeting with uh, uh, one of the leaders of your country, but uh, yeah, but I, I just found man, it's it's like anything in life, you just gotta chase it, man. If you want it, you gotta chase it, and you're eventually gonna get. It. So true. So true.
1: We appreciate you spending some time with us tonight here on Let's Chat, and we oh, gotta no, have no, you thanks, on. Man. I try not to make your interviews so close together because I know you'd be so busy. But I know by the end of the year you're gonna have something kicking off. That's going
3: to be yeah, that gonna be kicking me over the kitchen. Uh, so we're gonna have you back in. Life. Yeah, I'm gonna have mm-hmm. nightlife. I'll be hopefully, hopefully by the by, the, I'll probably hopefully by the end of next year, by the end of this year, beginning of next year, that nightlife project's gonna be jumping off. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I want, to, well, I want. To, yeah, I want to do big stuff with that, man. I, I want to really – I want to shine a light on this, man, problem and, and show what the Reverend Kim McCoy is doing. And, you know, I, I like to make films because I like to entertain, but, you know, I like, I like to make a difference too, you know, and it goes back to like when I started writing my books, you know. I was, I was writing my books because a lot of papers and indictments were making these guys – Looked like they were these evil monsters. And, you know, I, I was on the compound with them. And, and, you know, not to say, I mean, in prison you do meet some psychopaths. But, I mean, you need some some real good classy dudes, too, that just found, and in, found themselves in adverse situations and, and did what they had to do. Because if they didn't, they might have got killed. You know, so, right. you know, I mean, you, yeah, you can't. I mean, that's number one is self-preservation. If someone's trying to kill you, you got to kill them. I mean, I, I would do it. I'm mm-hmm. not just going to let somebody kill me. You know, I think everybody... But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. it. Uh, yeah, you guys have been supporting me since day one, supporting me from when I was in, uh, doing awesome reviews on, on my books. So,
0: uh,
3: yeah, man, I, I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me. And, and I commend you guys because, look, you guys, this has been going, you guys keep going with this. You guys, you know. Guys, yeah, we just
1: had going. our two hundredth show last night. Yeah, with the two hundredth interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been doing it for four years. Um, oh. but we just had our two hundredth interview, which we we don't when we first started, we were only on I think like once a month and then uh, we went on to one, one one day a month one day a week and you know, now we're two to three days a week depending on uh what we got going on. But yeah, it's it's so many things that we have going on. So we really, really appreciate you for always thinking of us when you have uh projects going and, and things that you wanna celebrate with us here on Let's mm-hmm. Chat.
3: Yeah, and um Absolutely. hopefully one day when I got the beach house, you guys can come out and see it. Come out and uh, spend a weekend with you. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Have a have a, have I, a want, I want I want
3: my beach. I want my beach house in Laguna Beach.
1: Sounds good. Eight.
3: And that's what they, you said. They, they started. They started twenty million, and go up. Wow. So, wow, yeah, but it's put it that's out there. Right? Make that's like out there. I'm just scared though. You know what I'm scared? I'm scared if I do go out there and, and buy a house, and it's just gonna like California's just gonna fall off into the sea. Sometimes I think I should stay in the Midwest. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm just a California boy at heart, you know. That's where I was born. Wow. But uh yeah, I got I got visions like California's just gonna a- go <laughs> No? <laughs> well, it's good to have a dream. Stayed in Missouri. Yeah, maybe I should have stayed in Missouri, landlocked Missouri. That that might be my <laughs> if I moved out there that might be my last my last spot in life.
1: So <laughs> hmm. no. okay. whatever happens, we, well, we you, you nothing be but the nothing with intent. Absolutely, yeah. and we appreciate you. We want you to shout out all of your social media, shout out all the products you have going on, and any events that you have going on.
3: All right, you can find me on social media. All at my name, Seth Bronte, S-E-T-H-F-E-R-R-A-N-T-I. I'm like I'm the only person in the name in the world with that name. I've never seen another person, so I'm real easy to find. I pop right up. And uh, a lot of times, if you just F-E-T-H-F-E-R, F E R, I'll pop up on the social media. And then uh, my website is Guerrilla Convict. That's the website I started from prison. You can order all my books on there. All my gangster books. They're all on Amazon too. And um, White Boy, man, that that's that's my film that I wrote and produced with a uh, you know the super talented director Sean Reck, who's really a visionary. And um, that's on. It's it's on iTunes. It's on pre pre sale right now. You can. Uh, it'll be delivered or it's released May 29th. So coming up and it's a, it's a, it's a feature documentary, man. It's it's 82 minutes. And, um, mm-hmm. it's really, man, like one, one of the uh, reviewers from the Detroit free press said that it's like the narco. It's like narcos, the wire and empire all rolled into one. So, I mean, I, I, I me, myself, I, I'm one of my favorite true crime documentaries is uh, cocaine cowboys, the first cocaine cowboys. And, and you know, even this, I mean, like I am biased, but I, but I will say, white boy, it's, it's like in that same class as Cocaine Cowboy, man. It's just like, I mean, it's phenomenal, man. So hopefully, hopefully everybody's gonna like it as much as I do. See, I'm here.
1: Can you hear me? I'm here. I can
3: hear you guys. I can hear you
1: guys. Oh, there he is. I thought. Okay, I thought we lost you. Well, we are no, no. so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come and kick it in the, in the chat room with us. We will have you later on in the year when your next project is in motion. But we thank you so much. Give our love to the fabulous right. wife. And we will talk right. to you soon. All
3: right, and and we're going to... Smoke that big blunt in that beach house. That's what's up. All right, y'all be safe. <laughs> Wait. Y'all be safe and Okay, take care. Honey, rest of your <laughs> night. All
1: right, bye-bye. Okay, bye. What a this is a great, great. Yes, I know we had two great interviews today. appreciate everybody that called in to listen and, and that stream us. On the podcast apps and on iTunes We appreciate everybody We are celebrating our 200th uh, Our 200th show um, For the rest of May So we appreciate you guys And we will Mm -hmm. see you guys Next week Yes Enjoy your weekend And make sure you head on out to Michigan And check out that Hustle and Grind With the wonderful Mrs. Shell Moore Enjoy your night everybody Good night